You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Everybody to the mind of the meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge, all contained in the mind of the meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is The Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Do you know where you are? <laughs> uh, am I, in fact, in the jungle, baby? Oh, what's up, man? You've been you've been a man about town. Been a busy meanie. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you know, uh, just going to uh, see Guns N' Roses. And, yeah, no big deal. And uh, yeah, Mammoth, WVH. You know, you know Wolfgang Van Halen stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's cool. No, no, I had a pretty good. Uh, well, you know, the inside baseball. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Yep. Uh, and had a pretty good weekend. <laughs> good. You know, um, uh, just had a, like, a. I was going to say, oh, brain fart. Sorry. Um, no, those, those are the least smelly ones. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like, uh, had a good weekend. Went to, <laughs> hold on. Just, uh, speaking of that, we had to go to the Rose concert. There's somebody around us. Somebody around us was letting out grandpa farts. I was like, "Oh my uh, god!" Like and what? I, I, I had describe a, I had a what that what a grandpa fart is. Oh man, just like yeah, <laughs> hot garbage. Like tra- it's like trash truck juice. Oh, uh, microwaved inside <laughs> uh, an old boot. And okay. Like, you know, I was just uh, we're driving home and. Mrs. Me was like, "Was that you?" I was like, "No, that wasn't me." <laughs> Those were some grandpa. She doesn't know your brand by now. Well, well, we went to Waffle House before, so so it, it could have been, been, yeah. My, my uh, genetics were uh, modified. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's like we went to see Guns N' Roses and Wolfgang uh, in Hershey at the uh, stadium. And it was like a pretty cool. Like the best concerts are the ones you aren't expecting. So mm-hmm. like a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, I uh, got some extra tickets." You want to go? I was like, "Yeah, sure." That's amazing. So we went and um, you know, last second road trip, and uh, you know uh, I hadn't been to Hershey, PA in so long, uh, like not like since the WWE days and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh wow! So I'm I'm thinking, oh yeah, you know what? We'll drive up. We'll get something to eat on the way, and then. No, we'll go to the stadium, and uh, 
every place that I used to go to, like, no longer exist, almost like no longer existed, you know? So, like, yeah, I like these cool little diners and stuff. So, I was like, yeah. That sucks. So, uh, we, we pulled over and, like, did food near me and saw there was a Waffle House. And, like, Waffle House is, like, the, you know, typically a pro wrestling road trip tradition. Sure. But we're like, fuck it. So, uh, and, and my car didn't break down this time, thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so well, it's it's different to get t- t- uh, towed from Delaware to Philly than all the way in Harrisburg yeah. to Philly, which is like a hundred mile, like a you know sixty mile difference. But uh, now, which stadium was yeah. the show at? Was it an outdoor one or was it was it inside? Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Dude, it was cool. It was at the Hershey Park Stadium, which I've never been to. Okay, I think I be- I was there once. I th- I think if I'm picturing it correctly. It was a, a woman bit another woman in front of her um, at the concert. That's all I really remember from it. But <laughs> what band was that? It was it was a, a pretty rowdy band. It was the Dave Matthews Band. Um, oh well, there you go. It was actually a, a friend of mine. I know I'm I'm kind of sidebarring your uh, your story, but a friend of mine yeah. uh, got had tickets for him and his girlfriend, and then she couldn't go for whatever reason. So he's like, "Hey, do you want to go?" Dave Matthews concert. I'm like, yeah, go for a little old school crash, you know, a little, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, a little satellite, any of those kind of things. Well, he played like everything from his new album, which I had not heard. Uh, And after hearing it, didn't care to hear it again. Um, It was not a good concert, but the highlight was we were on the, we were on the ground there um, and they had like a barricade and there's this like one woman wanted to get in fr- felt this other woman had like budged in front of her or whatever it was, and she just bit her on the shoulder and was <laughs> removed from the it, it was like we're sitting there we're like this is really this is really something at a Dave Matthews concert. So um yeah, but anyway, maybe, so maybe. great, great venue otherwise, I think. Maybe she had the brown acid, who knows? Maybe, um, maybe. Yeah, she's having some Woodstock flashbacks. Uh, um, <clears throat> no, no, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, you, you know, we get there and, uh, like you, like somebody got thrown out early. Even, I was like, I never got the whole thing of like getting messed up to the point where you get kicked out of the concert before you even see one band. It's like, uh, I've been at plenty of, con- I've been at concerts where like people have been passed out sleeping and it's just like, <sighs> You know, yeah, it's why, just like, why, why, yeah, why bot, why bot, but uh, yeah, we went and got uh, the old Waffle House, nice. And uh, when I went, when we go to Waffle House, we kind of like to overindulge a little bit. We like, let's get the uh, let's up, up, upsell. Uh, <laughs> we like, you know, how I say we're bad businessmen on the show, and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, let me let's go to the store and sell level, and we're like, ah, uh, maybe it. think don't about it. It. <laughs> I, I go to Waffle House and I up. We upsell ourselves. We get to like steak and eggs. We're like, we'll get the uh, T bone, please, or whatever. The- <laughs> well, you're like, there. Like, you're oh. like, might as well. Yeah. So like, uh, I'm like fifty deep, you know, fifty bucks in the Waffle House by the time we leave. <laughs> so we get there, but the uh, the upside to it was we get, you know, like I said, I'd never been here for. As a civilian, I was there for right. WWE. We were at the arena. I've never been here for a concert at the stadium. And we go to the parking, uh, go to parking. It's like in this, the, the middle of this big, wide open field. They didn't charge for parking. 
so the wrestler in me is going, well, I spent 50 bucks at Waffle House. I was expecting to pay another 20 to $30 on parking. Right. So technically, I only spent 20 bucks for Waffle, Waffle House. House. There you yeah. go. So I was Rational. doing wrestling math. Yep, rationalizing it with yourself. That's yeah, so I didn't feel as much of a glutton, you know, for, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, for uh, dropping 50 on a uh, Waffle House. Wait, man, but, you uh, think about the amount of food you got for 20 bucks? It's impressive. Dude, it was, I, I wish I would have took a photo of it. They, you know, I got the, the, the waffles, the steak, eggs, and hash browns, and all that good stuff. Well, if it hasn't made it through your system yet, why don't you just grab a quick picture <laughs> on the way out and uh, just describe it to us. <laughs> Put that on our Patreon yeah, it, it, Facebook page. Yeah, there's like a you know those that photo you take when you go down a log flume where it's <laughs> going, ah, you know, eh. oh, you know. Uh, but that was cool. Yeah, we parked and uh, it's a bit of a haul over to uh, the venue, and uh, it's like this new deal where they uh, send you your tickets on your cell phone, kind of thing. You oh, don't wow. have like hard tickets. So the, the thing that sucks is like we're going into the venue and. The cell phone reception is so shitty, uh, and you have to click this link for you. It's like a loading, loading. Like I, I swear to God, I really have tickets. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we got in. We found our seats. Um, I was going to buy a, a tour shirt, but like prices were a little stiff, like fifty bucks for a shirt. I was like, yeah, yeah. take a take a hard pass. Yeah, on that's that a brother. shirt. This isn't a T bone and some eggs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> buddy, I just spent fifty bucks a while while I was here. <laughs> You want me to pay, spend for 50 bucks on a shirt that's just black and white? And the guy says to I you, can, but what did you pay for parking? Right. And you're like, ah, oh, right. here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? All you need to do is take a nice picture of it and have Sorensen make you. Uh, Sorensen. God, Sorensen's posting here. I'm seeing Sorensen says, Sorensen levels all the way. Slickter. It's a send it to Slickter. Yeah. Send it to Sorensen. I don't know what Sorenson he'll do with it. But. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, um, what a show. Uh, and it's definitely, you know, me. I don't think it needs to be discussed at how big of a Van Halen fan I am. You've, and, you've uh, listened to them before? Eh, a little <laughs> bit. I, I've dabbled. But so cool I've always spe- that Wolfgang was there. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm surprised they didn't talk about the album on here. His album's amazing. Um I think you've met, you mentioned it when it first be. came out, but I don't think we've gone into okay. any real detail about it. Uh, my memory shit. Anyway, so, <laughs> well, I could, t- I could tell you things I did, you know, when I was two years old, but I couldn't tell you anything I did yesterday, oh. which is weird. But, uh, nah, dude, he, uh, well, the album, he, you know, plays all the instruments himself, sings, everything, produced, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now he's got a band with him, and the band was he he assembled around him. It's fantastic from awesome. playing to background vocals. Cause like he's got it. Wolfie's got a good voice and you know, he did all his own background vocals on the album. So how are you going to duplicate that live? And the crew, the, the band he assembled around him is really good. Um, and that was really cool. It was like, uh, you know, it, this, this is his first official tour, like post Van Halen, you know, first solo tour. They did like two warm up shows on the way to this gig. So technically I saw the third ever Mammoth WVH show, which was awesome. That's crazy. You know, it, it's kinda cool to say, you know, I, you know, in twenty years I saw him back then and you know, Hershey. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, then, I guess uh, you can, if they had warm-up shows, you can still count it as seeing their first show. Yeah, right? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, especially you're playing, opening for Guns N' Roses, playing in a stadium. Like, I claim to have seen The Undertaker's last match live. Because to me, The Undertaker wrestled at Extreme Rules in that tag match. And then he did the thing in Saudi Arabia where he, like, came down, chokeslammed AJ Styles. I don't think he even took his coat off or whatever. And then, like, stared at the statue uh, from the, like, guts from Nickelodeon or wherever the hell it was. And then he <laughs> and then he left. And then he did the AJ Styles match, uh, not in front of an audience. So, to me, his last true wrestling match in a ring, having a, a, a real match that he worked and did moves more than just one move was Extreme Rules. So as far as I'm concerned, I was there for Undertaker's last match. So oh, I, yeah. I feel like by that logic, you were very much there for his first concert. I'll count it. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, it was cool because uh, he had done a couple of live performances leading up to this, mm-hmm. but they were like in a like a video like a studio studio no fans or anything like that so to see him in front of a live audience interacting and uh having a special moment and watching something like i said sometimes i'll watch the band sometimes i'll watch audience just same same thing with like a wrestle match i watch the i'll watch wrestle match but sometimes i'll watch the fans Mm -hmm. and to watch the fans you know, welcome him with open arms, which is pretty cool. And there's like a, two guys in the crowd that like that the custom uh, Mammoth WVH banner they had made. Yeah, and it, it was like it was like really cool. And I, I I seen him look at him and kind of smile, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, uh, yeah, and he, he sounds from phenomenal. Uh, I think tonight they're playing Boston. They're playing at a uh, Fenway in Boston. So, but you know. Uh, you know, then Guns N' Roses came out, and uh, they sounded great. So, um, you know, one thing I want to ask you is, that? did they play November Rain? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Because to me, November, when I think Guns N' Roses, because I first was really introduced to Guns N' Roses through ECW, believe it or not. <laughs> like, that was, I mean, I knew, I like, I heard their songs, you know, whatever. But it wasn't until, there was a lot of bands that I was introduced to through ECW. But, uh but November Same. Rain was like that became one of my all time favorite Guns N' Roses songs because of the ECW promos for November to Remember. So I just want to make sure that they did that. And speaking, like, there's a lot of you know uh, bands I, that I had already liked, and I didn't know they had new music out until ECW played. And I went, oh shit! <laughs> and I would run down to South Street and buy the CD. You know, um, but, I should uh, add, yeah, they played Sorensen. Right, uh, I want to be live for Meanie's last match in 20 years. Oof. Oof. That's, <laughs> you I'll, have it I'll in have you, Meanie? <laughs> uh, I'll have a walker. Uh, <laughs> instead of thumb. It'll just be, it'll be tiddlywinks. Uh, yep, that's it. <laughs> no, I think we have a shirt for that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they play November Rain, and it's funny you asked if they play November Rain, because, uh, you know, the, the show we went to was the opening night of their new tour, and they hadn't played in like a year and a half. So he goes to start November Rain, and I, you know, if you ever seen the movie Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. there's a, a, a fake document, a mockumentary called Spinal Tap, 
about a fictional band and it's like a tour diary and anything that could go wrong goes wrong and it's so accurate that like bands have watched it and they cite that every time that something happens to them and uh there's this legendary story that ozzy osbourne watched this is spinal tap and got depressed because it hit too close to home with all the so they you know during november rain they kind of had like a, a mini minute uh spinal tap moment where Axel went to sing and his mic stand just like went like <laughs> went straight down and he's like, uh, can somebody come out here and tighten this bad boy up? Wow. <laughs> he did. He also, he's, he's playing the, this beautiful piano piece. And then you hear, I don't know where he goes, doobie, doobie, doo, somebody come and fix this mic stand or something <laughs> like that. And they come out and fix the mic stand and then, yeah, they, they started over, but, uh, yeah, they sounded great, man. Uh, oh. The highlight of for me, and this is really cool. Uh, they played. I mean, like on the the previous tour, you know, the the Guns N' Roses would play. They played the non Slash years. You know the uh, you know when Axel, it was just Axel and right. different musicians, like the Chinese Dem- Democracy tour. That you know they did an album without Slash Duff. Dizzy, all stuff. So, the last tour I saw them, they played, you know, Slash and Duff were really cool playing the, the songs from the Guns N' Roses stuff they, they weren't a part of. Mm-hmm. So, this show, and I don't know if they did this at any other time, but this is the first time I've seen it. They start playing uh, a Velvet Revolver oh, song, yeah. which was which was Slash, Duff, and uh, Scott Weiland from uh, Stone Temple Pilots. So, I thought it was pretty cool of them to... You know, during their course of their set, they played songs that was from different perspectives of everybody's career, which is really cool. Yeah, you know, I think so. that's awesome. And I believe it was Calvin Tan who posted on your thing about uh, yeah about how, like, it's really cool to that they were able to kind of be cool with each other enough now after all that time to be able to do that, which is nice because, yeah. you know, that I, I know I felt that way. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies were inducted into the uh, Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and it was the first time in over 10 years that the lead singer, Stephen Page, was back with the band. And they performed two songs, and they were like their hits, so it wasn't the ones that I loved as like an old-school fan. But seeing them back together like that, and ju- it was like as a fan, it gives you such a good feeling. You know, like you want, it's the same way when you see uh, a tag team break up on TV and then you finally see like, oh man, I think they're going to get back together. This is crazy. You know, it's like, it's the same thing, but it, but the reality of that, um, but, uh, why did, why, why did he leave bare naked ladies? Um, so the story is, I think he, I don't think they were getting along very well. He's definitely had, he's been very open about like his mental health and, and, uh, um, I think he had a lot of depression. Um, they were doing a children's album that they were doing, and then he uh, he got busted for cocaine possession, and it mm. was like a whole. It was not a good situation. He's doing great now. Uh, apparently, he's he's doing really well. Um, but at that time, he was kind of in a darker place, and I think he had also, from interviews I'd seen, he had a lot of songs that he would he would present. And the record label kept going with uh, Ed Robertson's songs, who was the other singer 
Uh, and, you know, because it was really the two of them, you know, they were kind of like a, a duo. Yeah. Um, and so they would go more and more with Ed stuff. And then they started getting, putting in some songs from other band members, which is awesome. But he was kind of <laughs> like, all right, I'm going, I, I, I'm going into deep depression and my only outlet is to write music and I'm presenting you with music and you're going, nah, we're not going to put that on the album. And I think it was, you know, I think he wanted to go do his own stuff and, and, uh, and it, and it seems to have worked out. He seems very happy with it. The band continued on and they've been successful. They've done more albums now than they had pre him leaving, which is crazy. Um, and I, and they've had at least two or three good songs in those like, 10 albums so you know it's <laughs> not my th- i mean he he his style was always more what i was drawn to but uh but now it, it's uh it happens it happens with the with well, bands with um you see that a lot and you see a lot of bands that will continue to work together um to, i don't know if it's if it's hall and oats i don't want to create heat for hall and oats if it wasn't hall and oats. <laughs> no i think hall and oats is is really cool because one of them, I think, uh, I don't remember which one, Hall or Oates, uh, but they've been Hall, but he's somehow related to Calvin's wife. So oh, okay. there's like, like not like really a close relation, but somehow there's like a, a, a relation there. Um, and I think they were talking about it and they were saying that they actually, they are cool with each other. But I think part of it is like when they're not together, they're not together. Like I don't think their families get together and do things like they keep separate. Um, I think Simon and Garfunkel are who hated each other. I think. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. So, yeah, you know, that, that's legendary, but they kept performing for, you know, yeah. even, even while they're doing it. Cause you know, money talks, but, uh, well, look at, uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they're not on stage and they're on stage next to each other, you know, Mick's, Locker room, dresser room is at one part of the arena, yeah. and Keith's is at the total opposite end of the arena. And they, they, the only time they see each other all day is on stage. It's crazy. And uh, from my, yeah, it's so crazy that like, but I, I guess it's like anything, like like a marriage or something. Yep. You know, you see, you know, like I tell people in wrestling, you know, who you know, did so and so and so really hate each other? It's like the people you think hate each other probably like each other, and the right. people who like each other probably <laughs> hate each other. No, you I mean, you, you look at... Like, Everybody think, has a falling out. You know? Yeah. I think Oasis is a band I, I can think of, you know, and they're brothers. And I think that they they had a falling out. Black The, the Black Crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, so apparently they're, they're, it just happens. Don't, don't dude, do a band, you know. Chris, Chris and Rich Robinson from The Black Crows, like... Like they were the, like each was... Like one of them, the interview was like, I don't even have a brother anymore. You know, and... Yeah. You know, this... this Somebody threatened to kill somebody's kids, or you know, just which is probably Chris because he seems like the more of the hot head of the two. Jeez. But here they are; they just kicked off their 30th anniversary <laughs> tour. So uh, Vanessa Bello says a little trivia here; it's kind of interesting. Uh, Pearl yeah. Jam's "Yellow Leadbetter," uh, which we all know was a huge hit, was released as it's a one of my favorites B side to Jeremy because they didn't think it was strong enough to be on the album. That's amazing because yeah. that's probably. That that was my early on favorite mm-hmm. Pearl Jam song. I mean, like, of, of course, you know, I've got newer ones. Right. And here's a little bit of 
useless knowledge. The opening chords to Pearl Jam's Yellow Lead Batter is a tribute to Hen- Jimi Hendrix's Little Wing. I did not know that. Dur- yeah, they, they they said it's direct, oh, wow. almost trying to mimic, you know, like a, not a direct like homage to, dir- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or homage. So, yeah, homage. That's a deep cut but, uh, for the bass. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, Pearl, like, Pearl Jam's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and now I, I said this, you know, the other night, we, you know, we were talking and we we're like, you know, Guns N' Roses is probably one of our top 10 concerts because we've seen them a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen them more when it was, you know, Axel right. and uh, DJ Ashburn and the rest of the crew. But now that they, uh, and now his, the, now Guns N' Roses now is, you know, uh, three part or four parts original and maybe two parts the Chinese democracy right. lineup. They, Richard Ford is the guitar player and the drummer Frank were with the Chinese democracy lineup. Now they got Slash, Duff, Axel, and Dizzy. And uh, they have a, a female uh, backup singer who's, who also plays piano and stuff like that. She wasn't part of either one. But I think this, this lineup of Guns N' Roses is pretty solid. Uh, we've got Sean Jones... Uh, more useless trivia, Scott Ian, or Ian, Ian. how to pronounce Ian. it, from Anthrax. Uh, uh, father-in-law is Meatloaf. Yes. Yes. Man. There's a lot of Meatloaf on the radio, too. We're like, yeah. what the hell's up with that? Uh, it's, like, weird. Like, if they play somebody's song, like, like if I hear a song by an artist and then they play the same artist, like, twice in a row. You get nervous. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get nervous. If, if there's like a third song, I'm like, did this guy die? Yeah, uh, you know, just um, there's a lot of meatloaf on the radio. I don't know if he's coming to town or yeah, you know, uh, like Genesis is coming to Philly, so they're on the radio every day now. So, which is good. I like Genesis. When are they coming to Philly? Soon they're playing the ballpark. They're oh, playing wow. Sisters Bank Park. So I might just go stand outside and sit yeah, right. The <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, I'll so- go. Uh, I'll tailgate, but I won't go in. <laughs> um, so we covered music. Let's see, wrestling music. Okay, we got useless knowledge. We got some music. Uh, you see any movies lately before we get into wrestling? Uh, I'm gonna have to finish open, it. By the way, too. Uh, me too. Yeah, yours. I got a. Let's do it. I went, I went old school. School Lacroix. Ooh, mango. I've got. I've got a Wegman's lemon lime. Nice. Yeah. Three, two, one. The Sandman did it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, mm. <sighs> so, I started watching a part of a documentary last night, and like we said before, we even went live with the Patreon folks. Like, my sleep has been fucked. So, I watched half of it, and I was like, you know what? I got to finish it tomorrow, and we'll finish it tonight. But so far, we're watching this really cool documentary on a band that started like in the early seventies. And I think they still play now a band called sparks. Hmm. And, uh, I can't describe it. Like they're like this, one of these most influential bands that nobody's ever heard of kind of thing. They started in the States, but they sent they were they're an American band to sound like a British band. And then they went over to England (laughs) (laughs) And, and then they automatically fit in. And then, Certain things happen, and like by the time I, 
you know, start dozing. My me dozing off had nothing to do with the documentary. It had to do with the fact that I've been mal, uh, uh, I've been so under rested that uh, See, I'm definitely gonna watch it tonight. But you have a, it's, a, it's it, you have a thirst for knowledge that I envy. Like you with the yeah, you know, all the documentaries that you like to watch and everything. Like I feel like. Yeah. For me, I always want to watch documentary, but then I'm just, I have like my set thing I like to watch. So if I'm watching a documentary, yeah. the whole time I'm thinking to myself, ah, I should be watching this other thing. I should be watching, you know? And like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm very uh, jealous of your ability to sit down and <laughs> dedicate that, y- your mind to focusing on that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love, I could watch a documentary on anything, really. Um, I, I think that started when I was a kid. Uh, there was like a documentary on, if you lived in Philly, we had our own cable channel called Prism. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, a documentary on Hollywood. It was something about Hollywood haunted or Hollywood ghost stories about haunted sets and stuff like that. And they would show that. And I was like, oh man, this is pretty cool. And then like, I would watch a little thing. And then I remember when, um, his name Mike Moore came out with Roger and me around 88, 89, maybe. I got into it. And whether you like him or not, it was just, I was a young kid watching. Yeah, I know he's, you know, a hot topic. You know, he's a tinderbox of controversy. <laughs> but but it was interesting. And and just from there on, I started watching, I got into documentary. Like um, a couple nights ago, I started watching the dark side of the 90s. Oh. Which, um, which is basically a ripoff of Dark Side of the Ring, but now they, they're picking the topic of the '90s, and the first episode was on the talk shows of the '90s with like Jerry Springer and Wait, is, this, Jones is that on and Vice? Vice, yes. Oh, so they're they're really continuing because I know they had Dark Side of Football, which I watched, and I I gotta say I watched the the latest one they did on uh, they did on the Eagles Cowboys rivalry. Like the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys rivalry and fanatics and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. The the uh, the name of the show is I, I I don't think they they did it right. It should have been Dark Side of the Field. Like you know, Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. Dark Side of the Field should always yeah. you know you do I you know hockey Dark Side Dark Side of the Rink you know like yeah Dark Side of the Court for basketball like and I want yeah and I want to say they give Eisner. Uh, they give those guys credit in their credit, you know, base inspired by Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. So they get a little bit of credit. Baseball, Dark Side uh, of the Diamond. I'm telling you, there's there's things they could do here. And they're shot kind of similarly to Dark Side of the Ring, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like the aesthetic. Oh, do they have like the the people, like the actors playing the role? Yeah. So that's very cool. Dark Side of the 90s, though, that's, I almost like don't, I romanticize the '90s so much, like I almost don't want to <laughs> just see the dark side of it. I want to remember the '90s is when everything was perfect, right? Like, well, I, well, I don't. I, I, the, the first two episodes, I don't know if there's a third one out yet, but the first first episode was, uh, you know, the talk shows, and like they show how like Jerry Springer was straight laced at first, and mm-hmm. the evolution of why why he became what he did. Oh, that's cool, and then. Uh, the second episode is on the Viper Room in uh, oh, wow. Hollywood. Okay, so I, that'll be the the next one. 
And then uh, Dark Side of uh, Football, I wa- I didn't even think to watch it, but uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, American Male, Scotty uh, Riggs, reached yeah. out. It's like, hey, man, I was watching Dark Side of Football. And he's a Cowboys fan. I'm an Eagles fan. So, you know, but uh, he um, put it over, and I, I looked it up. I was like, oh, cool. So yeah. I watched that. And that episode was really cool. And, and, of course, they talk about the Raiders fans and stuff like that. But uh, I love documentaries. Yeah. Um, Behind the Music, uh, E! True Hollywood Stories, mm-hmm. uh, full-length feature films. It's to the point where, like, if, I've, if I'm watching, like, a regular movie, which is, like, rare now, but if I do, I'm just kind of like, I'd rather be watching the you documentary. Wanna learn, you want to learn something instead of just being entertained. You want to make sh- you want to walk away like learning something you didn't know. Real life is stranger to fiction, you know. <laughs> That's for sure. It is, you know. Just uh, um, what else did I? I just watched another one. I, 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 I forget, but we'll, I'll get back to it. But yeah, no, uh, I was yeah, just I'm gonna up. say, real life is stranger than fiction. Uh, some strange stuff going on in the wrestling business. I thought we would talk, dude. About what here. a time to be a what time to be a, what what a time to be a wrestler and what a time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, it really. So, I mean, it, it's really become a a crazy time in wrestling right now, and it almost feels like uh, the late nineties all over again, kind of, sort of, kind of. It's going to. I think uh, so. Chris Jericho said in an interview recently. I read. Uh, that he doesn't, in in regards to Vince McMahon's comments, so we'll talk about that first. Vince McMahon made the comment yeah. that he doesn't <laughs> consider uh, AEW to be competition, certainly not in the way WCW right. was. And a lot of people got really angry about that. Uh, oh, he's lying, he's not whatever. Jericho had a very, I think, a very valid point where he said, you know, they're dealing in billions of dollars of TV rights. And... He said AEW is working towards that. And once AEW beats WWE in the demos, in WWE's demo, that is when he thinks it's actually, and I'm paraphrasing, but when he thinks it's actually going to be, that's when the war starts, when you're dealing with money. Because think about it. Right now, AEW, their fans can love it. They can swear up and down, this is the greatest wrestling, WWE's terrible, all that stuff. But if you're... The TV, the TV network that is paying billions of dollars or whatever it is to have WWE on there, and WWE has whatever number in in that demo that they're that that network is looking to attract. And if AEW comes along and all of a sudden AEW is equal or starts gaining on them in that demographic, well, Fox and you know whoever and and the advertisers and all those people their eyes are definitely going to start looking over at this AEW thing going, wait a minute. So these guys have, these guys are attracting more of the demo that we want. And then it's, then it just becomes common sense. It's why we see great television shows get canceled because it's all about, well, who are they attracting? Well, what type of demographic are they getting? How many people, you know, when a network, I'm speaking to this, like I'm pontificating here, like I really know, but when a network um, when they put a show on the air, they're putting that show on for a purpose. And that show in a specific time, uh, uh, you know, at, on a sp- specific night is to get a specific demographic, a specific audience. 
And that I thought when Jericho said that, I was like, wow, that really, really makes a lot of sense. That's when the war starts. Because that's, you know, WWE and WCW, that war was there. wasn't even so much when the talent was crossing over. It was when the it was when WCW was getting more people were watching WCW because the advertisers are going we're going to start looking elsewhere and now with it, it's not just advertisers now it's these TV deals you know yeah um, there's different ways to look at it uh, I don't think it'll ever be a war because they're not running head to head and like when uh, aren't they going you know, we to? have to go. Or am um, I wrong? When it when is Rampage uh, going to air on Fridays? No clue. Somebody, no clue. Uh, somebody's got to let us know. How about me? So uh, here, let me get to the point before it disappears. Um, it's like if that was the point, if that was the case, NXT would have been canceled off USA Network when they were going head to head with NXT on Wednesday nights. And to me, yeah, demographics are good. Uh, for advertising, but it's almost like it's 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 like a crutch for some companies, I think, because there's there's times where NXT won the rating, mm-hmm. quote unquote rating, but then you know you get the you know Melters go well, yeah well well NXT won <laughs> or AEW won the de- demo, mm-hmm. and I'm so tired of hearing de- about demographics. It's like my yep. muted word on Twitter. <laughs> I, I've muted so many different words around demo, demographic, and, and the age range. I've mm-hmm. muted that. Because, you know, again, get back to me when you're, you're, you're doing full number ratings. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, right now, like I said, with when it was NXT and AEW, they were battling over decimal points. Right. It's like point, sub, blah, 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 blah. When, you know, a, you know WWE was... And WCW going to head to head, they were doing eight point O's or eight point whatever, nine point whatever. But you know, um, again, I'm going to go back to the fact that Vince said the same. This is the same thing Vince said to Ted Turner when Ted Turner called Vince and said, "Vince, I'm getting in the wrestling business." And Vince said, "Well, that's uh, well, we're not comp- competing because I'm in the sports entertainment business. I'm right. not in the wrestling business." He sees himself as he doesn't see himself as a wrestling company, right? The way WCW did or the way AEW does, um, and right now, you know, um, I don't. I, it's good. Look, I want everybody to do well. I want everybody to do good, but it's just like um, it's just about to disappear out of my head. Um, uh, shit. It's empty. It's <laughs> empty here in the mind of the meanie. Uh, timestamp this because I know I'm going to get to it. Um, <laughs> look, here's the thing though. Um, while you're thinking sleepy, wh- while you're thinking about that, um, you know, raw. Well, here, they- well, here, here's the thing. Here's the yeah, thing. Yeah. WWE. WWE deals in the world of WWE. Sure. AEW, owned by the Khan family. You know, the great Tony Khan. I love the guy. But, you know, the Khan family has AEW. They have English Premier Football. 
They have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got their money tied up in a bunch of different things. You know, they got they got to focus on football. They got to focus on English soccer and uh, UK football. If you, I don't want to piss off our uh, European fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and now American professional wrestling. And from all all I know is they're strictly uh, a TV company. They're not going to be running house shows or they're strictly just doing TVs where. WWE, their main focus is WWE right? and their product. Now, the product might not be great right now. <laughs> it might suck, and they might be doing quote-unquote budget cuts, which makes no sense to me. Yeah, we'll um, talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, that just, that's weird. But, um, yeah, they're going to be going back to doing live events, mm-hmm. you know, running three or, you know, maybe three or four days a week. I don't know what the schedule, because I keep thinking back to, you know, my schedule where it was like, you know, six days on, Tuesdays off, five days on. I don't know if it's that hectic anymore. But, you know, it's WWE focuses on WWE where the cons have to worry about three different things. And, I think and eventually, eventually they're signing all this new talent. And meanwhile, they, they, they still have the talent that they signed on from the start. And eventually, you're going to have to cut bait with some of those guys, or you're, sure. you're just your your budget is just going to get so inflated that you know no matter how good your ratings are, and how much money your ad revenue is bringing in, you still have to pay this talent, and you're only running TV shows and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, it, I don't know. Look, they do a good job in in regards to. You know, when they do... I want everybody to do well, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, I think, goes out saying. We we want everyone to succeed. Um, yeah. It's a great time to be a fan. No matter who is going back and forth as talent to what company, if one company goes out of business, we saw this 20 years ago, one company goes out of business, that's a lot of people out of work. And we're not just talking about the talent you see on the air. We're talking about all the people behind the scenes, which is you know, 10 times the amount of people as who you actually yeah. see on air. So, you know, it, yeah. it's, I don't want to see anybody go out of business. Um, Me neither. Me but, neither. You, you know, look, the ratings, AEW is climbing in the ratings. WWE is either dropping or staying where they are. Um, you know, look, it, it, it's, AEW is the new it thing. They have a different audience. Um, it's the new hot, it's the new hot chick. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, like when you're in high school, the new girl comes to the new girl comes to school, and mm-hmm. she's beautiful, and you, she can can do no wrong. But yep. eventually, you start noticing, wow, she's got a mustache. Um, yeah, eventually, and- she notices you out in the tree, you know, outside yeah. of her window, <laughs> and then the police get yeah. involved, and it's like, yeah, it's not what you thought it was going to be in the beginning when you were just sniffing yeah. her hair, um, dude. It- Hopefully it's not a case of history repeating itself where everybody's like, oh, billionaire Ted's going to take Vince down. Well, yeah, yeah, he had all that money and he went out of business. Oh, well, Dixie Carter, she's a millionaire. She owns a pan of energy and yeah, they, they, they went out of business. I heard some fun now, oh. Dixie Carter stories. Um, oh, I'm sure. Recently. And, and, the, and it seems like I wouldn't, and again, I, you know, I don't know Tony Khan. I don't know Dixie Carter, but. I, from what I've heard from people who do know both, I would say Dixie Carter 
isn't even in the same league uh, in understanding what a professional wrestling company is and should be compared to Tony Khan. Um, I think Tony Khan really, he really gets it. I also think, you know, people go, oh, why are they doing another show? Well, clearly, uh, you know, TNT thought that they were good enough that they wanted to put a different show on. They wanted to send one of them on over to TBS and, and bump that. Uh, 10 o'clock, by the way, on Fridays is when it's going to happen. So what's kind of interesting is SmackDown's a lead-in. Not a direct lead-in because yeah. it's a different network, but it's right. a lead-in. And in a lot of ways, and, uh, for, what's that? WWE wants to, if WWE can uh, drag out their main event, you know, uh-huh. an extra five minutes to bleed into the AEW show. Yeah. I mean, that- here's another thing AEW, that AEW does that I wish they wouldn't do. They, uh, and this isn't a, it sounds like criticism, but they'll overdo a, a market like way, like they got three shows coming up in Chicago in the same, yeah. around the same time. Well, I like when they that, debuted, man. yeah, and with, well, well, because CM Punk, but yeah, um, what you call it? But like, you know, and I've seen this. They debuted for their debut Dynamite in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of weeks later, they do a pay-per-view in Baltimore, which is less than an hour away. So the people who wanted to see AEW chose to go to the first ever Dynamite. And uh, there was a good portion that they can wind up going to Baltimore. You know, but, a I, weeks I w- later. but I wonder if they look at that and, and that's on purpose. Right? Like, because here's, so first of all, and this, excuse me, a little uh, seltzer, seltzer kiss. As they say. <laughs> so first of all, and I don't mean this to sound like, well, Meanie, let me teach you what's really going on. I don't know. All I know is just, I was lucky enough to be around people having conversations in the early days of AEW, um, doing stuff for Fight. And I do remember having a, a conversation with Alex Marvez. Um, where Great he, guy where he kind of was saying without, I mean, he, uh, of course, wasn't giving me numbers, wasn't giving me things like that, but he was kind of explaining why, while a lot of people really are just, how come you haven't been to California yet? How come you haven't been here? How come you haven't been there? And a big portion of it was the trucks, was the production trucks. They were using, and and I, I might not be completely right with all of it, but let's say they're using the TNT production trucks. Well, those are also being used for basketball, let's say. Mm-hmm. So when they're planning their schedule of where they're going, they had to plan in a way to make sure that their trucks were going to be able to be the next place those trucks needed to be at the right. date that they needed to be. Um, is that 100% why they didn't go elsewhere? No. I mean, I know there were times I remember hearing that uh, they were going to go to one place and then they couldn't get the building for the day that they wanted. So if you couldn't get it for that exact day, it wasn't a matter of, well, come next week. It's like, well, no, that throws off all the other buildings that we've already agreed to and stuff. But I also wonder sometimes if, was it, did they look at it and say, man, we know we draw well in Washington, but we don't want to come right back to Washington, D.C. But hey, if we come to Baltimore, we know that's driving distance of this hot town that we know we will draw to. You know, so maybe that was, and, and I'm not saying that is it. I'm just saying maybe. That was their mindset. But, um, but I think the Baltimore show suffered because of the Washington show. Because you know, they had already, because people only have so much I, money. 
and I'm, you know, I, I, I lurk on the social medias and now I'm going, going through the Twitter feeds and there's people who are going to one show in Chicago and they're like, man, I really wish I could afford to go, but go to both. Sure. You know, it's just like, well, you, you can, you can wear an area out, you know, and just like, you know, uh, distance me, me, you know, like how can I uh, miss you if you don't go away? Yeah. You know, you're going to be in Chicago within three weeks. Twice in three so, weeks and or and something, something like that. Not only that, though, Meanie, they're in Chicago, and then, was it two weeks later, they're back in Chicago for three nights, for Wednesday, for Friday, and for Sunday. So, yeah. but at the same time, they're, sell- and, they're selling tickets like crazy. And here's the other thing is hopefully – Shit doesn't get shut down. Well, that uh, is a whole other concern. Because yeah. I was just watching video from this past week, and Lollapalooza was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of people there. So, you know, and, and here I am talking. I just went to Guns N' Roses. No, but you know, Lollapalooza <laughs> but, yeah. apparently was you had to show proof of vaccination or a oh good good negative good, 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 good. negative test within three days. Good. The only thing about that, um, what, it takes two weeks can, for symptoms well, to show up. Two weeks for symptoms to go up, but also, like I know what what my vaccination card looks like, and I promise you, I could copy that and make a fake one. Like oh, I could, yeah. I could make them for anyone who wants. Hey, Josh, you do you mind hooking me up with that? Yeah, not a problem at all. I mean, it's literally yeah. this day and age, like. It's such an easy thing to to copy. We're, so. we're in an era, we're in an era where we we can make deep fake videos. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. There's a guy who has a deep fake video channel of him as Tom Cruise, and it looks just like Tom Cruise. So it's you can you could skin your card into Photoshop and yeah, you know, find a font that's similar and exactly. Not I, that I'm encouraging. I'm not encouraging that. No, but certainly not encouraging. Get the damn shot people so things don't get shut down but uh that's that that's the big fear right now yeah because new york just uh you know they're doing they're making their guidelines a little bit stricter and you know AEW's running the uh, arthur ash stadium now the question like the that. question is you know if we drop because it's so soon maybe we could be a thing where they're like we're dropping down it has to be 25 percent capacity or 50% capacity maybe yeah. we'll start with those stages so that the events still happen but even then I don't want to do this again come on come on people it's frustrating it's frustrating um, but and, and everything I've been saying about AEW WWE is just analytical yeah uh, oh, of I'm not picking I'm I, I'm not picking WWE over AEW I love both companies I love AEW I love WWE, I love MLW, I love Ring of Honor. You hate I'm Impact. sure there's a company. I love it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've come around on Impact, but they just get residual heat from the TNA it, days yeah. where I, th- I thought they, I th- I thought they killed the Golden Goose. Yeah. You know, they had a really good thing with their, with their homegrown talent yeah. that they didn't need to, need to bring in the other. Talent. Here's the thing: you, you dated, you dated Impact's older sister. Impact yeah. seems great. But yeah, it's you know it, it's really tough for you to kind of trust 
You know, you don't yeah. want them to have to pay for what their older sister did. But at the same time, come on, you look so similar. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like how a hotel go, uh, elevator goes from the twelfth floor directly to the fourteenth floor because yep. they don't want. But if you're on that fourteenth floor, you know you're on the thirteenth yeah, floor. You know where you are. Yeah, you know where you are. <laughs> I think we named the episode. You know where so. you are? <laughs> That's it. I'm writing it down. I'm writing uh, it down right yeah, now. Yeah, write that down. Yeah, yeah. And something gets save mentioned couple, twice. Save us a couple texts. Yep. Uh, um, what you want to call the show? I don't know what you want to call the show. Uh. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I did. Yes, Sean Jones here says WWE will be sold or deep in the process of being sold by December. That's his opinion. Well, I've said that. I agree. I, 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 dude, I was saying that on Twitter a month ago. I would you're say cutting. you gave them the idea. You gave them Thunderdome. They're like, you the know, I think they should sell. And they're like, you know, this fucking meanie guy. He's just, you know, I, he's knocking it out of the park here. Dude, I should, I should get some kind of consulting job somewhere. Yeah. Or, or just, <laughs> is there, is there a, a, a part in the office called Professional Muse? Uh, <laughs> or, I just watch your TV and tweet stuff at you, and you use it. I, I did. It, I I I tweeted Thunderdome mm-hmm. to Tony Khan. I personally texted it to Chris Jericho. WWE uses it. Yep. So I'm like, what the fuck? But yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think WWE is going to be sold. And like, I do we that the whole episode where I thought I said they're going to be sold. That the perfect buyer would be Amazon Prime. You know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it, it. They have to, you know, to talk a little bit about. You know, Bray Wyatt is, and we don't know yeah. the whole story behind it, but it seems very, very apparent that he was contacted, that it was a, a uh, it, w- it was a budget cut thing, which is, here's the thing. Everybody keeps going. That's a going, new uh, creative. Right? <laughs> Everybody keeps looking at it saying, eh, it's not really budget cuts. It's not really budget cuts. But here's the thing. It is. It is really budget cuts. But you, the fans are primarily looking at it as budget cuts, meaning we're losing money. Where can we make cuts? Mm-hmm. What they're doing, in my opinion, my uneducated opinion, is... It's just discussions. Yeah. What, what Theorizing. What my theory on it, right, my theory on it is you bring Nick Khan in there and his one job, it, he does not care who the talent is, what their deal is. His one job is to make their books look as good as possible. And, you know, if it's a matter of, imagine, and this is complete speculation, whatever. Imagine you're Vince McMahon, right? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Imagine you're Vince McMahon or you're Stephanie or you're Triple H or something, right? You're Kevin Dunn, you're any of these people. And everybody looks and goes, what the hell is Vince McMahon thinking getting rid of Bray Wyatt? Mm-hmm. But imagine if you have Nick Khan coming to you going, Mr. McMahon, if you cut Bray Wyatt's contract, if you cut Braun Strowman's contract, if you cut some of these, this is what your bottom line looks like. This is what we think it increases the value of your company for when you go to sell. And Vince right. McMahon might look at that and go, well, here's the thing. I'm selling, so I don't really care if AEW goes and grabs Bray Wyatt. I'm selling the company. Right. Maybe I'll get him back one day. If not, I'll make another star. And that's what I'm, and, and that's not me saying it. That's me 
suggesting that maybe that's what a Vince McMahon might say. But I'm looking at it thinking, why not, right? Yeah. Like, I I feel like I'd kind of be doing the same thing if someone came to me with that. I'd look at it and I'd say, well, maybe we can get him back at some point. But it's business. And if that's going to increase my ability to make X number of dollars more than what I was making before, then that's business. And then we'll sell it and then we'll try to bring them back. And hey, maybe we'll even be able to bring them back for more money because, you know, and, and everyone goes home happy because I can't imagine Vince, Stephanie, Triple H. I can't imagine that they're not still in charge. Oh, no, they would still be on as consultants. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, we see that all the time. You know, they buy the company and they keep, you know, somebody on as. I wouldn't be surprised if they all signed like 10 year deals. Puts Triple, you know, H, bought, puts Triple H into his sixties. Yeah, Turner bought WCW and he kept the Crockett's on as mm-hmm. you know consultants and stuff but like I mean, that. It, it would put it would put Triple H. You know, if they all sign ten year deals that they they stay on, like that's part of the thing. They have to stay on for ten years or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That puts Triple H into that retirement age. Not that he necessarily would want to retire, but it puts him into you know into that age where. Vince McMahon, it puts him, you know, God, what will he be in his 80s? So he'll only have 30 or 40 or 50 years left at that point, you know, in his life. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, But again, this is a conversation where we think about this based. There are so many factors we don't know. Um, right. But it is surprising. Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt was a surprising one. Well, surprising, yes and no. Um, you know, there's... I, I, I'm not going to speculate on, well, I guess it is speculation, but I'm not going to say I know a hundred percent fact, but apparently he was, you know, he took the death of Brody Lee very, 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 very hard. And, uh, I was just looking it up today and, um, somebody had made a, uh, made, brought attention to a, a, an Instagram post he did. I saw that. And yeah. Before, before Brody, I, I won't read it. If you want to find it, you can go to his Instagram. But uh, you know, you know, shit people said to him online. Yep, kind of took a toll on him. And he talk, he cites his family, his wife, and his kid as being a strength. And and then and then he does that post, and then his best friend passes away. The guy he called his Terry Gordy. Yep. You know, you're supposed to be my Terry Gordy. You know, he pays away, and that takes a toll on you. You know, when you're, you know, close friend like that. And then, you know, after WrestleMania, he kind of disappears. And it it might have been like, you know, hey, let me, you know, uh, put my feet back in the earth. Take, you know, time, you know, spend some time with my family. Come down a little bit. And then um, who knows if he was just like, you know what, maybe I'm I'm good for now. You know, I'm sure he's. He's he's done well with the wrestling. I'm sure he's done well with the merchandise. You oh, know, yeah. he lives in Florida. He's not paying state income tax. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just you know, he, he seems like he lives a pretty good life. You know, and uh, you know, just uh, who knows if this was just you know a, taking a break from? Because, dude, I'm right. telling you, I was in WWE, and I was nowhere near. I wasn't even like in the bubble of what a Stone Cold Steve Austin had to go through in his everyday life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I still had my moments where 
I was like, fuck this, you know, kind of thing, you know, just, you know, on the road, never home, missing family, missing birthdays, missing funerals, missing this, missing that, missing everything. And then, you know, it got to the point where I would come home for a day. I wouldn't know how to do, how to react. And I go down to the Philly airport and just rent a hotel room for the night and just stay there. Cause I didn't know how, to, I didn't know what it was like to be in my own home anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. You know? it, it's, I can only imagine like, you know, Bray, you know, one of the most over guy, gene, he's a genius. Yes. No doubt. He uh, constantly reinvents himself. He could have been, you know, you know, everybody, you know, compared him to the undertaker with the evolution of his character, you know, who knows that, you know, sometimes there's a point where you kind of just have to step back. Yeah. You know, Sean, Sean lost a smile at one point, you know, and just uh, maybe he lost a smile. If I'm, and tell me what you think of this, because if I'm sure AEW and it, mm-hmm. in a world where, you know, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, which is, you know, yes. his actual name. Great name. What a great name. Love I it. mean, it's just any question which, which families... He's related to. Um, yeah. If I'm AEW, what the way I would book it in a in a perfect world where everybody's on board for this, where Bray Wyatt wants to be there, who even knows, right? Mm-hmm. I would look at it. So the Dark Order after after Brody <laughs> Lee passed, the Dark Order yeah. became. I wasn't laughing at that part, but I had thought of him with the Dark Order. That's why I was. Well, I was gonna say is the Dark Order became. Very fan friendly, very happy, very, uh, you know, they're kind of goofy and fun and their faces. And it was all because real life stepped in and they they paid respect to Brody Lee, who turns out to not be this evil mastermind, Mr. Brody Lee, but an incredible human being that they were paying tribute to. Don't disagree with it at all. I think it was beautifully done, perfectly done, and it's exactly what should have happened. So I want to preface that. I'm not saying, oh, they shouldn't have done exactly what should have happened. They paid tribute to the real person. But now with this, I look at it and I think, you know, some people are like, Alistair Black should come and take over the Dark Order and all that stuff. And it's like, I get it because the personality and the character, but he's not the guy. If they can get Bray Wyatt, to come in, he wouldn't be able to come in until I think full gear in November. So let's say he comes in right around that time. You've had all this time to enjoy the happy, fun Dark Order. But if Bray Wyatt comes in and kind of picks up where the Mr. Brody Lee character left off, kind of comes in with this almost like, he is there to like right the wrong to put things back in the way that the exalted one would have wanted, you know, cause Brody Lee was, he was smacking them with rolled up paper. He was, you know, screaming and yeah. yelling at them and doing that, you know, and it was a really interesting way. And if he were to come in and kind of bring the dark order, like this isn't his vision, this isn't, you know, cause it's been enough time that now we can all comfortably get back into that character that Brody Lee created so he goes back in and he says, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, this is not what the Exalted One wanted and Bray Wyatt takes over. Some of them, uh, some of the characters that have come really over his faces, that's a great opportunity for them to leave the group, for them to feud with the Dark Order, for them to go out on their own as, as bigger face stars. And some of the ones who haven't really transcended yet, 
some of them stick with it. Maybe you bring some new people in and you have this new Dark Order that returns to what the Dark Order was originally supposed to be. But now you've got this, you, you have someone again, the only person since Brody Lee that I think could handle those types of promos, those types of that dark thing. So that to me is how I would book it um, and just, and go from there. It seems like it's, it's ready-made that continues to pay tribute. We've paid so much tribute to the real person behind the Brody Lee character. Now here's an opportunity for the guy's real life friend to come in and pay tribute to the Brody Lee character. And in that way, that's just my idea. I don't know if that's stupid or wrong no. or whatever, but that was what kind of rolled around in my head of what I'd like to see happen. My visual of potentially booking Bray Wyatt into AEW would be to bring the new version of, well, like kind of like how I saw Guns N' Roses with some original members, some new members. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could come over, you could come over to AEW. I don't know if they bring Braun. I don't know if they bring uh, Redbeard, uh, mm-hmm. but my biggest pet peeve with, and not it's not even a peeve, but I know what you're the fact say. that they didn't, they did the fact they didn't have Bo Dallas as part of the Wyatt family mm-hmm. drove me insane. So you bring in Bo Dallas, you know he could be you can't you call him Bray Wyatt, but you call him Bo Wyatt or yeah whatever. Right. <laughs> Now imagine this, uh, Bray Wyatt, as he we're calling him now for the sake of argument, comes in to start a feud with the Dark Order in the role of Raven, and they take over. He tries to lure Brody Lee's son away from the Dark Order to be a part of his family, his true family. Wow. And the Dark Order, who are already baby faces have another reason to shine and you can have evil Uno versus Bray Wyatt, all this stuff. And the dark order go off and list somebody else, you know, and they bring him in or they can, you know, bring in, <laughs> they could bring in the red beard guy for that, for them. Right. So you got a member of the original Wyatt family feuding with the Wyatt family as Bray Wyatt tries to lure Brody Lee's son from the Dark Order to join his family, kind of like how Raven lured Tyler Fullington mm-hmm. away from the Sandman and said everything, you know, you know like that. And, uh, you know, they can, uh, you know, do all that. I mean, straight They're up just copy what, what no, Raven lo- did with uh, Tyler. I love it. I love it. You bring it. me I in to be the party clown again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you could, you could do that, you know, and Tony Khan, you know. He know he's, he was an ECW fan, you know. Today, as we're recording, it's the 25th anniversary of Kiss at the ECW Arena. Yes, it is. And uh, Tony Khan was in the crowd on our show. So yeah, he, he knows his ECW. So yeah. uh, I mean, but yeah, bring in Bray Wyatt as the Raven character. Mm-hmm. The fact that they haven't even used Raven, I thought Raven would have been perfect in AEW as some kind of manager type, or just they need uh, yeah. somebody. They need Raven's mind. You know, you don't have to, you have to have to use him. You can use him sparingly on camera, but you can, dude. He is, and I say that as somebody who has the pleasure, who has had the pleasure of learning from Raven. You know, yeah. You know, there's he he would, 
He would teach us promos, teach us ring psychology, stuff like that. And, you know, so. There are so many opportunities with, with Bray Wyatt because he's such a versatile talent. Um, yeah. There's so, but, but this ready-made story with the Dark Order, I, I don't think he can go to AEW without having it be something with the Dark Order. And I, I don't think it would make sense for it not to be. It's a perfect yeah. way for him to be there. Either of the, the way you described it, the way I described it, or a combination of both even, and then you throw in minds like Tony Khan and Bray Wyatt himself, and who knows what the hell they come up with on a spin of these things. I really like your... I, see, I wonder if they would do that with having... The, it's one thing to have, you know, Brody Lee Jr. there. Uh, it's another thing to have him be like, like a heel. Almost. Like, I think it would be amazing, but... There's a lot of fans nowadays. There's a lot of stuff in ECW that we remember very fondly that fans nowadays, you can't do that. That's just a kid. It's not right. It's not what, you know, and it's. They just had de- they just had deathmatch wrestling on the nation on TV. Yeah. You could do anything. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. You, know, you, you know, you know what the uh, ultimate kicker is? What's that? Bray Wyatt's ring music is not owned by WWE. The uh, band, didn't they like. They leased it from that band. Yeah, didn't they like so write he could bring that too? Like we, uh, like we got you on the next one or something. They like tweeted at him. They can just bring that song right back over to AEW, and you know the he's got the whole world in his hands. Public is public domain. Yeah, so he can now, still bring parts which, of that which character Which entrance over. music? Because he had two. Is it the Fiend one or the original one? The original one, the doom, 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 whatever. Uh-huh. I can't think of the name of the band, but right. But then that's a that's a band. That one, band owns that. The Fiend one that was made, which is badass too. Is um, it, that's that song just covered by Code Orange? Right, but is that something that he can Same. also use, or does WWE have the rights to that? I don't know because I, I, th- I think who, I think I th- I, th- I, th- I th- well you know if like. Uh, Guns N' Roses covered, you know, uh, Live and Let Die, mm-hmm. you know? But Paul McCartney still owns the rights. So here's the thing. either Right. Here's the thing. Either way, it's a, it's a legit song that can be covered. So at the very least, at the very, very least, another band covers the song, right? Yeah. Like, it's... And I, he has to... I mean, the, the... Oh, God. I'm, like, getting chills thinking of the pop, you know? Yeah. He gets it. So the lights go out. All, everybody uh-huh. turns on their camera phone lights. Uh huh. Return to the fireflies. Well, if you can't call them fireflies, call them dragonflies. You know, yep. or you know, or <laughs> lightning. Well, you can't. Lightning bugs ain't too uh, hardcore, but uh, yep. fireflies is better. But uh, you know, you can still use the that music that you could use that first song. Yeah, they can they can license it from that band. And then you can, you know, still have him do the, he's got the whole world yep. in his hands. There are some things I feel like they couldn't do, and I don't really know, but, you know, it's this is an IP situation. you got to get uh, the gimmick attorney on it to see. But I feel like there yeah. are some things he couldn't do. Like, I don't think he'd be allowed to carry a lantern with him to the ring. Like, that seems to me like that yeah. would be like, a, like intellectual property of WWE. But at the same time, it's going to be like, oh, he's not carrying the lantern well. We're not going to watch AEW now because, you know, he doesn't have a lantern. But but my one other thought for you, and then I wanted to get to Ask Meanie, but my one right. other thing for you is your th- we, we alluded to it before, but, you know, when we talked about 
AEW and when it's a competition, when it's not a competition, do yeah. you think if in fact they have secured Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, do mm-hmm. you think that that could be a turning point for AEW that the WWE fans, that they're not that they're going to leave WWE because that's not right. necessary nowadays. It's not like how it was back in the day. You know, you can watch both. Um, yeah. Do you think that they would leave? And, or not leave? Do you think that they would they would start watching AEW? I mean, I, I'd have sure to pe- imagine. I'm sure there's folks who watch both already. Right. But, I mean, I think it's got to be fans do th- jump over. I don't know. I don't know. It just, uh, why not just enjoy all wrestling, you know? It's just yeah. like. But then again, you know, I was in ECW and we were anti WWE, but we were punching up. You right. know, we were we were we were down there punching up, trying to get noticed. But here you got these two national brands. To me, um, there's room. To, I mean, in this day and age, you could watch anything, anytime, anywhere, at, you know, at your leisure, and still be up to date. Yeah. So, but then again, there's that thrill of watching something live. But and then again, they're not in direct competition, like you said. Rampage is raw. SmackDown is going to be the lead into Rampage. Mm-hmm. So, who knows, man? Uh, that's what's that. I think that's what the exciting part is. It's the the unknown. Yep. Which gets gives you the butterflies in the stomach. You yeah, know, maybe that's what it would like be, it did back in the day. It'll be his butterflies in the arena. I want them all. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I want them all to do well. I want them all to do well Same. because. How about this? Instead of, you know, fans arguing with with other fans about which, you know, wrestling promotion is better, why don't we all just get together and just be fans of the whole business? Because as a wrestling fan, you're an outcast to begin with. You know, how many of us have been made fun of for liking wrestling and made fun of liking that fake stuff? And, you know, all wrestling fans are, you know, people think, you know, the the mainstream people think wrestling fans are low-class, stupid people. And here we are, we got this civil war amongst wrestling fans going, I'm better. No, this is this promotion's better. No, this promotion's better. It's all good. Yep. We, we have so much wrestling. You know, it's it's a great time to be a fan. MLW, Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, NXT, AEW, XYZ. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many good promotions out there. Why argue amongst ourselves? Why don't we just enjoy it all? Because the rest of the world thinks we're stupid anyway. So, yep. And just to to put it's a wrestling wrestling world versus the rest of the world. Yeah, and to put a button on that, I also think I've always looked at this as like be a big fan of The Walking Dead, and someone else is a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. Well, guess what? You don't have to put Grey's Anatomy. You don't have to get that show canceled. Just because you're a huge Walking Dead fan, it's okay right. for, and vice versa. It's okay for both of those shows to be on television, and it's okay for you yeah. to choose to watch both of them, even. Or mm-hmm. and get this crazy idea: you could just say, I'm "Not into Grey's Anatomy, but I love The Walking Dead," or "I love Grey's Anatomy. Walking Dead's a little too much for me." Guess what? Just watch the one you like. That's it. <laughs> That's kind of my thought. And with that, Meanie, uh, I think other people have questions for you. Would you like to do that? I would. I would love to. Let's ask me anything. Ask me something. All righty. 
let's let's ask Meanie anything, anything at all. Uh, <laughs> to a degree. Here's a great one. Toothless writes, do you still hate JBL? Yes, of course he does. He's talked about it all the time. They have a blood feud forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a photo of us, you know. Um, uh, how about this? Boring. And I'll, I'll throw that back at you. Usually um, it's fans going boring at us. Your question's boring. Chris writes one. Um, he writes, what death in wrestling has hit Josh and Blue Meanie the hardest? Um, I, I think that your answers could be the same or different. For me, it was Owen Hart. Um, but I got to say Brody Lee um, was up there very recently. That that was shocking. But that's me as a fan. I didn't know either of them. Um, you have unfortunately had to deal with so many yeah. colleagues and friends. Um, so well, of course, Owen. Yeah. You know, uh, Luna. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. I was... <sighs> And you hate to say it because they weren't unexpected as opposed to thinking the other, you know. Right. There's other wrestling that's that hit me just, you know, just as hard. But, you know, Luna's was, I didn't expect. I think for test. you it's a difficult thing. I that's didn't a, expect. It's going to somebody and saying, which There's, one of your friends dying was yeah. most. I don't think that that's. I don't all think all really, of them hit me hard. Yeah, I don't think there really can be an answer. I think a fan, I think from the fans, we attach to these these people very differently than than you would yeah. as you know um but uh it, it's also I mean, safe to say the younger the younger they are and not because of anything other than the fact that they're younger and they shouldn't you know we just lost as we're recording this today we found out um that uh the assassin passed away yeah, yeah. um that's upsetting but here's somebody yeah. that was much older, so you're going to have a different... That affects you differently. Same way with your family. It affects you differently yeah. when it's an old... It's a relative who's very old than if, you know, God forbid yeah. it was a relative that was very young. You know? It, it, there's differences, but... Yeah. Um, anyway, on a more uplifting thing, Mark and Dryden, is David Letterman an unsung hero in exposing wrestling to the masses in the 80s with the Lawler-Andy Kaufman interview? He also had Heenan, Vince, and Andre as guests, along with uh, professing his love of Heenan and Dick the Bruiser in his youth. Oh, absolutely. That is a uh, great point. It is. And uh, shit, I would say put him in the WWE Hall of Fame, you know? He, uh, he had Heenan on one of his anniversary shows. Uh, he had, you know, Vince on one of his shows. I think it was a, a New Year's Eve show. And uh, Vince was at a in an emergency room waiting to uh, announce the birth of the first baby of whatever the year that was or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had a fun banter back and forth. He had Andre. You know, he had so many different things. But specifically Lawler and, and Kaufman. Sure. You know, that. You know, when, when Letterman finally went off the air and they did, you know, the video highlight of every thing that happened on the show, that smack was on there, you know. They remember oh, yeah. that one. You know, and, uh, yeah, he's definitely an unsung hero. He's a big wrestling fan. He grew up in, you know, Indiana, Indiana boy, uh, watching Dick the Bruiser and stuff like that. So, yeah, absolutely, definitely an unsung hero. Uh, Producer Rob writes, what's the one match you always wanted that you never got to have? 
Oh, I thought you were going to say match I wanted to see. Hey, great uh, question, too. Answer both of them. I wish I could have saw Backlund versus Flair at the Omni, NWA versus WWF. There's like seems to be no footage of that, but there's no. one great photo of Scrappy McGowan holding up both belts wow. as they face off, you know. I wish I could have seen that. Um, match I wanted to have but couldn't. Oh, my God. Um I, mean, I would have loved to work Snooka. Um, and there was there was a moment where I was supposed to take a splash and it got canceled and I was so angry. But uh, I would I would love to have done something with uh, Jimmy Snooka, you know. Uh, as far as yeah, you know, I don't know if this is bullshit, but Paulie teased maybe me working with Terry Funk once uh, after uh, November. Was it November? Yeah, November, November 90. It was the, the show in New Orleans when he slapped me. He came out and interrupted our match. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, th- you know, I was like, you know, Paul, thanks for having, you know, Terry and our, de- our deal because that's a rub for us no matter, even if even if he laid his ass, like, now imagine you having a match with Terry Funk. I was like, book it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Threat okay. Good time, yeah. Yeah, but then like a month later, I went to WWE, so there was that. Yeah. So you know, oh, well, I worked out. For I, I, I I I would have loved to, yeah. you know, done something with Terry. Terry could have made me like the old saying: Terry could have a five star match with a broomstick. Um, did you ever interact with Masato Tanaka? If so, uh, what was yeah. he like as a person that came from Rusty Shackleford? Masato Tanaka, he was uh, he. <laughs> You could be in the locker room, and, you know, you, you greet everybody in the locker room. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'd go to shake his hand, give him a hug, and he'd do the Blue Meanie dance. <laughs> oh, Blue Meanie! And do the, the he'd do, do a quick little Meanie dance, and I would pop. And, you know, he was great. He was great. One of the boys. This next question is kind of a combination between Sean Jones, Patreon member here, and Mark and Dryden. Sean had asked earlier, did either one of you see... Rousey's response to the Bray Wyatt release. Mark writes... I did. Uh, you did or didn't? Did not. Okay, well, Mark writes, uh, what do you two think about Ronda Rousey's comments about the fans being the reason Bray Wyatt is no longer in WWE? Do you think this and other previous comments at the fans is her in character or her real thoughts? And what she said was this. I've seen you same, quote, fans chanting hashtag we want Wyatt last night chanting, uh, we want beach balls over Bray Wyatt performing. If the WWE treated him like he was expendable, it was because you ungrateful idiots did first. So she's saying, you know. She also left out when uh, Bray Wyatt debuted the fans chanted Husky Harris at him. Yes, which I I was furious. I usually don't get, like, pissed off at the fans. And that was in Baltimore, and uh, I usually that, don't get, I don't get pissed off at the fan. I'm like, whatever, the fans are stupid. Who cares? Like, what? It doesn't matter, right? But something yeah, about that, to, I was like, this guy just worked his ass off to craft this incredible new character, and that's what you chant as it goes off the air. And thankfully, he, he, you know, he was able to to overcome that for sure. But dude, look at me, look at me. I know his previous gimmick. Yeah, and I could say, I, I could say that I hate that. Because I was that fan <laughs> at one point. I remember going to see WCW in Atlantic City at the convention center and 
Big Josh came out, and I was I was the smart fan in the crowd going, hey, Matt Bourne, hey, hey. And all the other fans are, like, looking at me like I was the biggest douchebag in the fucking building. Wow. And I thought, I, you know, I, and then I realized how stupid I was, and I stopped. And you know what? To this day, I still haven't forgiven myself for it. So. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> these are the things that these are the things I think about in the shower, and I let out a, a uh, oh, you know. Man. I always think of this dumb shit I did, but, you know, <laughs> twenty years ago that I still can't fucking forgive myself for. But yeah, uh, I'm still mad at those fans who chanted Husky Harris when Bray Wyatt debuted. Yeah, they me too. they, they could have ruined. Imagine had they ruined. Imagine all the things Bray Wyatt's done. Imagine it got scrapped because of that moment. Yep. All the things we would have missed Had Vince McMahon watched that and gone, oh, God damn, they, they're not buying this. They see him as the other guy. Make him Husky Harris again. Shave the beard. Yeah. It could have happened. It easily could have happened. Easily. Especially as, you know, fickle as, you know, Vince could be sometimes where he'll, you know, scrap a whole show and just rewrite from scratch. Man. Dude, they, um, you know, when uh, I went back in 05, WWE, we, there was a show in Springfield, Mass., SmackDown, I showed up. Richie from Magic goes, ah, you're giving somebody a blue bath tonight. You know, dumping the blue paint on them. And then an hour later, up, oh, we're not doing it. <laughs> it's it's just insane. And just to think that Bray Wyatt could have just been scrapped over that one thing. But, uh, hey, you know, um, this go also goes back to the, the Instagram post, you know. If you go to at the Wyndham Rotunda on uh, Instagram, I'm uh, quoting him right now. I'm reading his Instagram. Uh, he says, you are stale. They ruined you. He is boring. I hate his matches. My life is art. My art success and my loved ones are the, one, the only exit I have from my mental health. You have no idea how much a simple thoughtless comment on social media can directly affect the person you are sending it to with great power comes great responsibility the negative in our world is astonishing and mental health is at its all-time decline be better it could save a life they saved mine i love you jojo i love you kids i love you mom so yep and when he was released, I put on Twitter, and then I later deleted it because I felt bad speculating on somebody's mental sure, health. Sure. I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me, so I deleted it. But I said, you know, and, and that's before I read that. Mm-hmm. I knew he had taken Brody's death pretty harshly. And then somebody, I saw somebody else post that somewhere else. I was like, oh, man. You know, because yeah. I've been there. I, I, I battled depression, you know. And you could be having a great day, and then somebody on social media says something about you, and just fucking, just pull that thread, and you spin around like a top until you're you're naked, you know, just in soul, you know, your soul is exposed. So, and I, like I said, I was never on his level, so I can imagine only imagine what he's going through. So, uh, I'm not going to admonish Rousey for that. Maybe she's close. She's definitely closer to the situation. Than any of us are. She was in WWE. She sh- she shared a locker room with him. She might still be in touch with him. Who knows? So, and I, and here we are, fantasy book in AEW. Maybe he doesn't want to go. Right, AEW. You know, that's why I prefaced that, it in the and, beginning. I said, you know, if yeah. he wants to go, because 
there are real people behind these characters, you know, and and, and I think everybody yeah. forgets that sometimes. Um, yeah, everybody wants to be the the one who says the funniest thing that gets the most likes and retweets. Meanwhile, you could have just destroyed somebody's day or, you know, help erode their mental wellness. Um, here's a a person behind the character, James Sorensen. Um, <laughs> the Sorensen level. James got he has a a plethora of questions here. If the both of you were to start a band, what would your name be? Shit. No, I wouldn't be called shit. That's just me. That's thinking out. Uh, uh, blue ties. It would sound like shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. God damn. Blue ties. I, I had a funny. I don't. I had a funny name. Oh, oh, a band together. Yeah. Not. Oh, oh okay. That's what uh, I, how I read it. I was saying blue ties. I'll go not? with that, man. Right? There's your logo. Yeah. Selector. You want to put that, that uh, tour? Blue ties tour logo. Yeah. Um, what would yours other, do you have another one in mind if it was your own band you're starting? Dude, I fucking had a fucking, I said something so funny earlier to somebody else. I was like, oh, that'll be my, because I always say like a funny set of words. I go, oh, that's my new band name. And mm. then it disappeared. Uh, if I remember, I'll do it in our Facebook group. Oh, I mean, I'm around Kayfabe. That's for Patreon only. But, well, it's not Kayfabe. It's one of the things we tell people. Yeah, but what we say in there is it's like Fight Club. You know? Oh, yeah. Happens yeah to- if you want to know about it, go to patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie and join us over at the Patreon Facebook page. I'm trying to make sales. <laughs> uh, so James Sorensen also says, when you do retire, yes. who do you want to be your final opponent? Orange Cassidy or Al Snow, who currently is indulging on the hors d'oeuvres in the blue room? <laughs> yes, son of a bitch. Al Snow, oh. I'm so sorry. Oh. oh, are we ever going to get this right? You know what? Unfortunately, though, we only have time for one more question after this. So I'm, jeez. Uh, you know what? Though we could probably bring. Uh, save him for next week. Save him for next week. That's fine. Yeah, where's he going? I mean, no. he's you know. Nah, Al's fine. Um, There's like some some good hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think he he wouldn't mind having some more. So we'll we'll leave him be. Yeah, that, don't disturb them. That's all right. Um, if yeah. you uh, so final opponent, if you had the choice, Orange Cassidy or Al Snow for your last match ever, what would it be? Who oh my god! Be? Uh, between I had to pick between those. I had two? to pick between those two. Probably Al. Yeah, definitely be Al. Yeah, that's if he, if he's still wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he will be because he's <laughs> he he looks phenomenal. Yeah, so. he. Uh, uh, he was he was hanging out with Billy Gunn over at the Fountain of Youth. I feel like, um, oh my God, talk about a guy who hasn't aged. Yeah, how old is Al now? Is Al in his fifties yet? He's he's got to be right. I think he's thirteen years older than me, maybe. So and I'm I'm forty eight. So maybe sixty one. What? what? Al Snow is in his. All right, hold on a second. Go how look. Old is, we could just bring him in and ask him. Nah, I don't want to. That's all. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's eating. Yeah. Um, how old is Al Snow? No, Al is fifty-eight years old. Wow, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was. He's fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. So he's only ten years old. Oh, that's weird. You know what? I'm thinking. Okay, never mind. He. Here's where I'm getting confused. When I first went to 
trained with him, he told me I had been in the business for 13 years. Mm, okay. And so, so that's where I got confused. So Billy Gunn is 57. Al Snow is 58. Good. These guys, yeah. it's like one day they got together and they're just like, wouldn't it be fun if we looked better than we did in our 20s and then made it happen? <laughs> like, not that I'm on their level, but uh, when we, I did the uh, Legends of Hamburg mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, a few people remarked, wow, you, you look really good. I was like, I think I aged into my look. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, you know, I don't know. You know, well, you definitely. I, you know what's funny? Like looking at. Well, did you have the blue hair there? Or no. Nah. Okay. See, here's the thing. Maybe for, <laughs> fuck that. But, no, but maybe yeah. for starters, the fact that your uh, your hair was always blue. Their yeah. expectation. It's not like they're like remember that nice. You know. Dirty, blonde, whatever. Yeah. So, but you do, you have aged into your look in the sense that, like, you don't look like someone you go, like, oh, he really should color his hair. Like, the gray works for you. You know, there are some people where I feel like... With my skin tone. What's that? With my skin tone. Well, as I'm saying, some people go gray. I have an uncle who, as soon as he went gray... He he look he looks like ten times better than he did. Not that he ever looked bad before, but he just looks. You look and you're just like, yeah. I feel like he was always meant to have gray hair. You know, yeah. there's like, and then there's the people like who Ted go Danson. gray where you're just like, dude, what happened? This is not right. Yeah, this doesn't look right at all. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I'm I think uh, I, I, I'm I'm glad I, I embraced it. You know, it's yeah. just uh, I'm glad I still have hair because, yeah. dude, man. <laughs> Bleaching and dying and bleaching and dying. It just does takes a toll. Thank God Mama Meanie had good hair. So yeah. I got, got her good, good hair. hair there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not sponsoring this week, but uh, but if you want to take care of your lower head of hair, <laughs> go to manscaped.com, promo code Meanie20. Well, shout uh, out. Sh- I-, I-, I do want to say shout out to me to uh, Manscaped. They're- they will be continuing to sponsor us. Uh, through the month of August. We had, we had good numbers with them. So thank you, uh, thanks everybody. To, thank you to the Pod Squad for taking advantage of Meanie 20 on yes. uh, the promo code because Manscaped had just decided to uh, re-up with us. So yes. thank you. So we really appreciate that. Um, uh, last question here, and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, James Sorensen. Hey, it's <laughs> Sorensen level. This with guy the, can ask as many questions with, as, he, as he wants. Sorensen with the hat trick. Uh, he says... Uh, who is the one artist that you met that wasn't Eddie Van Halen that still gave you chills when interacting with them? Ooh. Hmm. He had some goodies. Well, yeah, like, uh, you know, kind of like made me feel like a kid again, maybe. Because uh, I'm like, when I met Eddie, I fucking cried. Um, probably first time meet, meeting Billy Corgan. Hmm. Uh, in Chicago, it was a house show in Chicago and you know, big Smashing Pumpkins fan as it was. And then, um, Shane was at the house show and he's like, yeah, Billy Corgan's coming by. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of like lurked by the entranceway, you know, That's and awesome. just like, see if they weren't ribbing me. And, uh, you know, I Lone hole, very oh, there he was, and uh, cool dude, great guy. And then, 
you know, we saw him that night, and then he came back to Chicago the night of Jericho's debut, August 9th, mm. 99. He was there for that, which is, that whole backstage was like an all-star thing. Is like Billy Corgan was there, Snoop Dogg was there. Like, so many different people were at that show. It was, it was yeah. insane. But, uh, you know, here we are all these years later, and, uh, you know, Billy is running NWA. Uh, it's cool to still call him a friend. And uh, I've had some cool moments with him where, uh, you know, there weren't any cameras around. Like, you know, uh, when the Pumpkins have, like, their uh, VIP things and they have a meet and greet and they play a couple songs and, hey, man, play some Van Halen for me. <laughs> and he would just, like, play, uh, you know, Ain't Talking About Love or something like that. You know, just cool little moments like that. And I would just sing along and, you know, duet with uh, Billy on, like, a Van Halen song. There's a video online of the Smash Pumpkins from like a VIP meet and greet where they play a couple songs and then they do a Q&A, but they played uh, Today. You know, Today is the... Mm-hmm. At the end of the song, he plays the opening riff to Van Halen's Mean Street and then points to me, oh, that was for you. I was like... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So Yeah, so... Yeah, you know, Billy... You know, they always say, don't meet your heroes. I'm glad I met Billy, you know. Because he he he's one of the good guys. He's on my list too. If uh, everybody gets their act together and the world doesn't shut down, I'm supposed to be headed out to um, the uh, 73rd anniversary show for NWA. Um, yeah. Or at the very least, I think I'm supposed to be there for the women's for the Empower uh, with 20. They're close August. to selling out that show, by the way. They're close to selling out both shows. Yeah. So I don't know which one I'm going to be. And then I'm, I'm also trying to figure it out because it's a Sunday and then that next in St. Louis. And then, uh, the next morning is, uh, my daughter's first day of first grade and my son's first day of school <laughs> ever doing pre-K and I'm not missing that. So, uh, yeah. I don't know what we're, I'm hoping I can just do a nice fight and focus for both shows on Saturday and then get out of there. But otherwise I'm going to be taking a red eye, but I am really hoping to meet Billy Corgan there because it's one of those things where some that that's for all the people I know who don't really get what I do. They knew I, they know I do something in that, in that wrestling thing, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, but as soon as just like, uh, it was like when I, when I met Jay and silent Bob backstage at, at AEW dynamite, nobody like, Nobody cared that I was doing a fight and focus and interviewing Dustin Rhodes and the Bucks and all that, you know, right before Dynamite debuted on TNT. But when I posted a picture with Jay and Silent Bob, that got some, you know, some people out of the woodwork. Oh, what's Josh up to these days? You know, so it's it's uh, <laughs> when you get to meet the people that transcend wrestling, uh, that's that's when yeah. you really get to rub it in people's faces. But um, I, another cool cele- uh, another cool artist, Kerry uh, King from Slayer. He's a okay. really good dude. Okay. Uh, I weaseled my... Well, I met him once uh, at a Black Label Society show, Zach Wilde's band. Okay. And he was there and quick, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And he was a big fan of the Attitude Era. And uh, they were coming to town and he was doing a local interview with, at the time, there used to be a guy here in Philly called Kid Chris. Yes. And he was doing the Kid Chris show and I was friends with Chris. I was like, hey man, let me come up. So I came up and then uh, he just remembered the time I met him at Black Label and he was a fan of the Attitude Era. Very and he cool. just goes, hey, uh, you coming you come to the show tonight? I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I got tickets. Oh, uh, you want passes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, just, uh, 
a guy you would think is like the because Slayer is like, you know, on the Devil's playlist. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, they're like the soundtrack to the end of the world. But then you meet him, and I don't want to blow his gimmick either. I don't yeah. want to blow up his spot. Cool dude, cool dude, cool dude. Very, I'm very fortunate to uh, met some of the people I've met. But you know, Billy and Carrie, uh, really cool. And we are very fortunate to have spent the last uh, 40 minutes or so with you, Blue Meanie, answering questions. Uh, yeah. So this thank- is my favorite segment. I love doing this. It's I love a, answering it, the fans' fans' questions. It really is a great segment. Um, and we encourage it, it you. It jars a lot of memories. It jars a lot of memories. Yes. And we encourage you to get those questions in right now for next week. Uh, Going to do a little thing, a little something different next week, Meanie. Um. I'm uh, yeah. I'm not gonna be here, and, uh, and that's weird. <laughs> that's weird for me. Um, yeah, but you're in good hands. Next week, uh, I will have a uh, like a substitute. Um, he's gonna he's gonna wheel a TV in on a cart and uh, <laughs> and we'll show you a movie. We'll be watching uh, Glory, like in the history yes. class back in uh, when I was in Alanxley <laughs> High School. That's why I watched Glory. Glory is one of my favorite movies of all time. I watched. Me too. I watched too. it in school. Dude, I cried like a fucking baby. Oh, it was That's amazing. Such a good movie. Amazing. Great yeah. soundtrack to it as well. Like yes. the, the music band. Yes. But uh, but Andre no. Brower, man. You will not be uh, watching watching Glory. Uh, although I do recommend you go watch it. Uh, but no, we we are going to have uh, one Adam Bernard. We'll be yeah. We'll be uh, sitting in this seat, not this seat, because I mean I hope not. Otherwise, he's breaking into my home while I'm gone. Uh, but if he does, <laughs> can you fix the uh, the the ceiling here? Um, he'll, he'll go look at me. I'm the Josh now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm I'm uh, I'm very excited to for the first time in 73 weeks, I will get to enjoy this crazy thing people have been talking about called mind of the meanie. Uh, I'll get to, as a fan, put this on and, and, and listen to it. Um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, Adam Bernard is, if you don't, uh, follow him, check him out on social media. Uh, I don't remember his social media off the top of my head, so I'll look it up while we're talking here. But, uh, <laughs> but Adam, yeah, it, it, it'll be cool. Why, why you looked that up? Uh, it'll be cool. Uh, everything's cool. In the mind of the media land, but uh, like we've told our Patreon folks, uh, you know, the real world opened up and things are a little bit hectic. Yes. And like we said, you know, Josh is super busy with fight. Uh, I'm super busy with my real life duties. Um, but we, you know, we make sure we get together, you know, to do this show for you guys and for our, you know, live in the living color. We have a Patreon audience watching right now yep. live as we do this. And it's my favorite part of the week. And uh, it's going to be weird. But uh, like I said, it's going to be like a, a match where you, you're making the hot tag. Yep. And, and I, think it'll come be, in. I think it'll be fun for yeah. everybody. I think, uh, you yeah. know, it, it'll be, he does a great job. He, you can follow him on social media at this is Goober, G-O-O-B-E-R. <laughs> um, but Adam does a, 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 a great job. And uh, I was a guest on on his podcast once upon a time. And he then asked me how I, um, how I was able to get Eric Bischoff for Sosa Chernoff. And uh, I explained to him, you know, Andy Slichter, 
Uh, Wow, James Sorensen. I switched them today. I said Sorensen when I meant Slichter, and I said Slichter when I said when meant Sorensen. He got to buy a lottery ticket. What's going on here? Um, But anyway, uh, no, I I I connected him with my contact of how I got uh, Eric on the show, and um, because I felt like he did a really great job when he was interviewing me. And we've talked about many times before, meaning of like, you know, putting your reputation on the line for somebody. And, um, and then I watched his interview with, uh, Eric and it was, I thought it was fantastic. I thought he did a great job. Um, he's got a great social media feed too. Yeah. Like, uh, some, I read his post and his posts are, posts are very, uh, thoughtful. Yes. And, uh, well, 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 uh, presented. Yeah, uh, he's a good dude, and I know the pod squad is going to welcome him with open arms. Um, and he's going to uh, he's going to be there for the next, uh, I think, two weeks, I think is the plan. Yeah. Uh, but then I will return for episode 75. Um, that's <laughs> oh, a th- oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's a threat. Uh, I will be back for episode 75. <laughs> um but again, yes, all is well in the mind of the meanie universe. Uh, otherwise, this is a really awkward way for me to find out I'm fired. Um, so, uh, but no, what, the one thing we never wanted to do was hit you guys with the, you know, oh, sorry, no episode this week. Things came up. And yeah. my feeling was, you know, meanie has been great to work around my schedule. But the reality is it's mind of the meanie. And if one of us can't make it, it's got to be me because nobody wants this without the blue meanie. So the thought was, it's great as I'm getting busier with things and lucky to be busier with things. It is great to know that as meanie gets busier and says, hey, I can't do this time. And I go, well, shit, meanie, I can't do that either. Uh, I can't yeah. do the time that you can do. We can do the old hot tag and and know that we have somebody like an Adam Bernard and uh, and then, man, if he can't do it, we'll have to tag someone else in there. Um, but uh, Paul from uh, Ad Free Shows, you're on uh, notice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, although Casio, Casio Kid, oh my was, god, he was a little yeah. hot that we didn't tag him in. So I told him, I said, yeah. next time. Um, Vanessa says, "I'm going to, to call him not Josh." Oh my God. Hey, maybe we've already come up with the name of next week's episode. Um, but uh, <laughs> but no, I, I'm really excited to listen to it, and I know he is really excited. And uh, now, Pod Squad, you m- be very kind to Adam Bernard. Be nice. <laughs> I feel like the uh, teacher. Yeah. Be kind to the substitute teacher, or uh, I don't know. Yeah. Be be nice. Uh, or I'm not going to be allowed to ever take a vacation. So please, <laughs> please welcome him. But uh, but in the meantime, uh, while you're waiting, do us a favor. Go give us a follow on social media at Mind of the Meanie across all platforms. Follow us as individuals as well, if you would be so kind. He is at Blue Meanie BWO, and I am at So Says Chernoff. Uh, check out some of our great shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. We have some new ones up there. And then you want all things Blue Meanie and BWO. Well, you've got to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. And if you want a couple of things that have a random S on them, like the shirt I'm wearing now, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash 
So says Chernoff. Uh, I'm going to be recording an episode of Talking with Friends, so check that out over at uh, youtube.com slash so says Chernoff, where you can also check out the most viewed video I've ever, ever, ever had. Uh, most viewed prior to that was about nine or ten views, uh, but the uh, the video with Matt Cardona is up there and is way past 150,000, so that's insane. Wow. Uh, turns out people like him more than me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely go over. We're still doing talking with friends. Uh, it's on the so says Chernoff YouTube, uh, channel and the so says Chernoff podcast feed. So go subscribe to that. If you want to hear some more talking with friends. Uh, and then of course the blue meanie can be found over, uh, well, I know you've got cameo meanie, but are you also doing, you're a part of shoot. Yeah, if you like what I do on Cameo, you can get the same thing over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, they have a new uh, service called Shoot, where I can do a uh, video for you, whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or uh, tell somebody to fuck off. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, no, it's a lot of fun over there. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees is doing a lot of great things to expand their their business model, and uh, I'm glad that I'm fortunate that they asked me a part of be a part of that. Yeah, that sounds awesome, and uh, and yeah, so go do that right now, and uh, of course, you know, visit our sponsors. Um, even though they're not officially sponsoring, still go to manscaped.com, promo code MEANY20. Uh, go to mindofthemeanie.com for our action figures. Uh, signed ones have sold out, so Meanie and I will next be seeing each other, uh, if all is well with the world, we will be seeing each other in the middle of September. Um, for the Brothers Gatter uh, signing. For, also go to brothersgatter.com or mindofthemeanie.com and click the link to go order our wrestling buddies, uh, either both yeah. of them together or individually. Um, but yeah, the signed Mind of the Meanie action figures are sold out. So uh, if we sell out all of the other ones prior to us seeing each other again to, to sell them or to sign them, uh, then you're out of luck. So go... Go now and uh, make sure that you pre-order some sign ones. You can do that right now. You can pre-order them, and we'll hold some for you, um, and we'll sign them. So go do that right now over at Mind of the Meanie. Uh, well, Meanie, that's about it. Any last uh, things you have to say? As always, I appreciate each and every one of you who has made it a point to download us every Monday. I appreciate every one of you who has made the point to subscribe to our Patreon and watch us right here in live and live in color. Uh, you're all equally important, and uh, we can't do this without you, so help spread the word. Uh, if you like us, tell a friend. If you hate us, tell an enemy. So, and uh, If you hate us, I don't know why you're listening in the first place. Yeah. But uh, either way, uh, let's get the word out. Let's grow this thing, and uh, hopefully when the uh, world heals, you know, we get out there and... Uh, meet and greet each and every one of you looking forward to it uh, I will miss you pod squad for the next two weeks um, but I will be back two, in two weeks or I guess in three weeks uh, but in the meantime mind of the meanie and the blue meanie will still be here for you this coming Monday next Monday and each and every Monday as we always are when we take another trip to the mind of the meanie Blue, 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 blue world order. The world of NLW Radio never stops.